going on, everybody? Welcome to the 20th, that's right, 20th overall episode of Comics and Chronic. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Iannaccio, and joining me as always are my co-hosts, Jake F.H. and Cody Walaka Cannon. What's going on, guys? Well, I'm excited, guys, because on today's episode, we have the honor of interviewing a writer-producer best known for his work on American Dad and Community. He's also the co-creator of the new animated series Marvel's MODOK, which premieres tomorrow, May 21st, on Hulu. He is the mental organism designed only for comedy or comics or perhaps chronic please welcome to the show jordan bloom <laughs> uh, and, and th- by the way honor is a bit much i make you know cartoons with dick and fart jokes like it's uh <laughs> i'm not i'm that's, not saving right up our here. alley yeah I'm not, <laughs> I'm not changing the world here but uh <laughs> but it's well, good welcome. to be here thank you for yeah. having me so i guess to get started uh what we usually like to do is uh Take a little hit of something and then jump right on into it. All right, let's see how this two-year-old vape that's been sitting here goes. (laughs) So, uh, Jordan, what got you into comic books? My dad, I think, uh, he immigrated from from Israel when he was really young. He learned to to, uh, read English and speak English through comics. And he, he was obsessed with them. And then, like, there's just pictures of me in high chairs with com- like they've just always been there. Like, I don't know a world without comics, you know. Uh, so, um, you know, and then obviously, you know, growing up in the '80s, I was buying the Secret Wars comics and and getting the action figures. And the same thing with DC and superpowers. And you know, it's, it's been a, a love affair. And and then as I got older, I wanted to be a comic artist. Uh, so I tried to do that, but. I just, uh, I like drawing superheroes. I, I had no discipline. Like I didn't give a fuck about drawing cars and background. <laughs> so that kind of limits you as a, as a comic artist. There are some people who've gotten by uh, being able to do that. And then uh, I kind of got more into writing. And, and even though my career, you know, took me into animation and, and television, comics are, like I said, my first love. So getting to do the MODOK comic this year was like the ultimate dream come true like i've been waiting my whole life to do that and and that's all awesome. right marvel so yeah that's kind of been my path so can i ask like which came first were you attached to the modok series first the um, television series or was it the uh, modok head games uh comic series no we had um we'd sold the show and had written the whole season and we were just about to start production and marvel came to us and they were like um do you have any interest uh, in doing a comic book and, you know, Patton had written a few before and we were super stoked. And, um, you know, but our, our big thing was we didn't want to just adapt our show. We wanted to write like the MODOK in the 616 Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. So um, that kind of started us discussing like how our show definitely, you know, it's MODOK and it, it feels like MODOK, but it definitely kind of goes in a different direction. It's a lot more comedic and satirical. And we, created this family around him and, and, you know, um, built more of a sitcom, but like, wouldn't that be interesting if, if like you tried to kind of blend those together, you know, like it wouldn't make any sense for the Marvel 616. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, it, you know, cause Grant Morrison has that like really cool take of Batman's history. Like it all counts. Right. Like, right. Right. Like figure out a way to make this insane narrative, you know, fit together. And, um, we, we wanted to do that with MODOK where that character even 
people have called him inconsistent. You know, like there's times where he's this menacing supervillain, and then there's other times where he's uh, more kind of a comic relief villain. Mm. And and we came up with this idea that you know he's part computer brain that every time he gets killed and destroyed because people are always murdering him like right. he's he, people hate him uh even like his own uh company like hired snake assassin people to murder him because they couldn't stand working for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's died like more times than gene gray and um he's back. <laughs> and, and you know every time we that well, what if he's kind of rebooting and, it, and it's like that's why there's all these different versions of him and then what happens if he suddenly has memories of this life in the suburbs with the this family like the, the family from our show it would drive him crazy because he'd be like that's not i don't give a shit about this like i'm trying to take over the world i don't have a family like this, someone's tampering with me and messing with my mind and and it would lead it's so that kind of was where the comic came out of is like what if modok remembered our show <laughs> and, he hate, and he hated it and he was trying to figure out like why he had these memories and it leads him on this kind of adventure through his own comic history and it's kind of revisiting all these these versions of himself and these characters he's met along the way as he's trying to figure out why this is happening so it was kind of like a fun way in to be like let's not do our show but let's make our show drive modok and say i really i really like the series um and what i really liked about it was that like you humanize modok and I feel like that was like a big part of why I liked it, where you everything you're saying about him is still true, but I'm still I still feel bad for the guy. And I still want to know, like, you know, he's a villain, but like I feel bad for like the shitty life he's had. And I feel like you, you did a great job of just making me feel that way. Is that something you would like to see done to another villain in the Marvel Universe or another character in general? Yeah, I mean, I think I love those characters that have that potential the the kind of weird marvel oddities i guess you know the ones that are in the bottom of the handbook that people are like ah, he's never gonna be in a in an avengers movie you know <laughs> but uh yeah you know i think we we had spent so much time figuring the character out and understanding him on the show that it was really easy to tap into that when we wrote the comic hmm. and um and to us because we had to figure out what makes modok human and you know he's kind of this tragic character he's like this this guy who got experimented on and turned into a monster and they were going to kind of enslave him and he broke free and you know he's got this computer brain and he he's very capable but he he's very self-conscious that he's not the best villain mm -hmm. he's not dr doom it drives me fucking crazy yes. and you know uh he's got all this self-doubt and i was like well that's super relatable you know uh, <laughs> and uh it, it, once you kind of tap into that it's easy to, to to kind of figure out who these people are what their voices are and, and why you want to you know, go on a, a journey with them. To keep going on that. So I thought it was really interesting at the end of, I guess there's an afterword in the, at the end of the fourth issue of the miniseries. And you say that MODOK, or it, I guess it's written by you and Patton, but it says MODOK is a lot like Batman. Can you speak yeah. on that a little bit? <laughs> said, said no one ever. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it was us talking about that thing before that he's been, you know, people say, oh, he's like inconsistent or I like this version of Modok. I, I don't like this version. And, you know, I think the character between the design and like the things we were just talking about, like what makes him Modok in, in both comedy and drama and, and horror or whatever, you know, if you get those things right, the character's flexible and he can be interpreted a lot of ways. And I think Batman is that too, right? Because you've got like Adam West, Batman works and you got, yeah. you know, Batman animated series, you got Frank Miller, Batman, you know, you got mm. Christopher Nolan, Batman, you've got Brave and the Bold, you know, Saturday morning cartoons. And they're nice. none of Lego Batman, you know, none of them yeah. are bad <laughs> takes. 
they're, they all feel like Batman. And right. None of them yeah, are yeah, wrong yeah. or none of them, none of them are better than the other. You know, they're all great Batman movies or TV shows or video games, or whatever. And, you know, that was our thinking is that like Modoc works that way too, where people, I was too old for it, but people said they grew up with him on like the superhero squad where he's like a little child version like oh uh, yeah i know what you're talking about yeah it looks very yeah it's those marvel they're kind of oversized they look cutesy there was a whole there's a lot of episodes of that show (laughs) i find it really creepy because they're like are these like deformed people or are they children (laughs) like i never got it but he's in it and people like oh i love modok from that or like i remember watching him in that iron man cartoon where he was the size of a baby for some reason. And like, <laughs> you know, people, or the video game that just came out, that Avengers one, they're like, that's yeah, my he's Modoc. the main villain, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think all those things keep the essence of the character, you know, alive. And, and that's why he works in all of them. And that's why people like, or attracted to him, you know? So I think that was kind of the idea we were, we were trying to get across. Nice, I'm not even sure. And I want to ask you guys too, like once the, I don't even remember, like I just know Modoc. I don't know what I saw him first in. He's always seemed like to be there. I don't know. Yeah, I he's he's not a character I ever like got into or know that much about if truth be told. Like probably the most Modoc exposure I will get will be watching uh, your show. Yeah, like M- MVC3 maybe for yeah. me, honestly. Uh, Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah, yeah. 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 Game, I don't uh, know how much I really knew about him before that. I- I had the toy, the the Iron Man toy, which was great. Um, you squeeze him and he shoots like a little bolt out of his head or something. <laughs> oh, nice. awesome. it, it actually shows up in the show. Uh, no, he's, the he, toy? he's holding a Modoc <laughs> toy and it's that one. Um, in it. But yeah, I mean, it's Jack, I mean, that Jack Kirby design is really what it comes down to. Like nothing else looks like him. And it's so, it just stays with you. It's like striking, you know? With the show, whose idea or like, I guess, how, how did you come about to make it a animated and then be the kind of animation? Is it stop motion or? Yeah, it looks stop motion. OK, so we, you know, Marvel had had asked us, you know, were there any they had pitched us actually a few ideas for for shows and for characters they were they wanted to kind of put into a comedic show. And my mind just went right to Modoc, and I've always loved like villains huh. and the idea of like you know uh, their world, like the mundane life of villains is really funny mm-hmm. to me. That you like you're trying to take over the world every day, but you like Modoc's going to deal with all this like bureaucratic bullshit at game <laughs> and like <laughs> making sure that people are getting paid and they're not like running the company into the ground, you know. He's got to yeah. pay fucking taxes <laughs> for the compound, yeah. and, and you know, like some guys complaining to HR, he got his arm blown off. Like that to me was like so funny that like, it's still a business. Like this thing to work, it has to be run like yeah. a business. Yeah. So that like just the stuff that they you didn't get to see, like the moment like he leaves the Captain America panel, the stuff that he has to deal with has got to be so frustrating. And then on top of that, like where does he go? Like where does does he go home? Like he has to go somewhere. So that yeah, led up to like. Well, what if he goes home to New Jersey and to the suburbs and he's got a family there that we just <laughs> never met? And, uh, you know, after we started kind of asking those questions and, and kind of getting led there, um, the show just kind of built itself. So we always knew we wanted to to kind of show the behind the scenes of, of being a supervillain, especially one who wants to be taken seriously, who wants to be an A-lister, but just can't quite get there and is super frustrated over it. And then uh, we... Went out to a bunch of different animation houses and uh, a bunch of people did tests. And a stupid buddy did this stop motion test that, uh, that just blew me away because it had like handheld photography. 
I was like, how do you nice. even do that with stop uh-huh. motion? They built these motion control rigs. So it, it, and it lent itself to what we were talking about of like doing a behind the scenes thing because it felt like, you know, uh, handheld. It felt like you yeah. were there in the room with him just watching these like personal moments with Modoc, even though, and you can get really cinematic with it and get really big for the action. So um, I really, really liked it, but I was kind of unsure. I remember seeing Spider-Verse and then walking out of that and just being yeah. like, that was so cool and so unique and different. And like, yeah. you got to take risks, like take a, it's a big swing to do stop motion, but it could really make it stand out and, and be nice. different. And it lends itself to Modoc because Modoc is a big fucking head with arms and <laughs> legs it's like floating around and you're like to see that like yeah. move around in space is is awesome that's hilarious. and it looks like jack kirby you know come to life so it ended up being like the perfect way to go but for me my background is in 2d animation so i had to kind of learn from from scratch like how to, to to write for this and how to edit this it was like everything i knew i had to throw out and and learn this new process nice Nice. It's cool. It looks almost like Robot Chicken, kind of. Yeah. Well, Stu- Stupid Buddy is the same people who made Robot Chicken. Oh, nice. Okay. And yeah, so um, you know, like uh, all those guys are, are producers on as well, and and but they were like, we don't want it to be like because Robot Chicken's supposed to look like toys, right? Like, yeah. like it's supposed yeah. to almost kind of look shitty on purpose, you know? Yeah. You know like, <laughs> like the toys are just come to life, and they put sticker mouths on them, and you know. And yeah. they were, they're like, we don't want it. We want this to have its own identity. So like our show, I think is a lot glossier. It's a lot closer to like a Leica movie, you know, in the style that it's done. Um, and the puppets, you know, are, are built differently. Mm-hmm. And they have these like, you know, Modoc has actual practical mouths that are swapped in and out. And the other puppets have, uh, or have digital mouths that just look kind of like photo real. And, you know, I think they just, they wanted it to, you know, obviously a lot of stop motion, you're going to think, robot chicken but i think when you actually look at it a little deeper you're like oh wow this is something different you know they're they're doing they're pushing the boundaries i think on a a big cinematic scale like what they can do in stop motion but even in terms of like content like it seems like this is going to be obviously different than any other marvel series we've seen so far like if i mean i haven't seen it yet but if i could compare something in my head it would be the harley quinn series on dc Mm -hmm. where it's like a more adult take on a character that isn't necessarily, I mean, well, yeah, like isn't necessarily adult, but um, did you kind of have free reign to do whatever you want with the character? Was there certain limits? Yeah. Marvel shockingly was like, yeah, go for it. You know, like, <laughs> really? Well, I think they knew we weren't going to like break the toys, you know, mm-hmm. like they gave us Iron Man and, you know, you can't, they can talk the way real people talk. And, you know, obviously we added a lot more stuff that you wouldn't see in, in Marvel movies because it's an adult show, but mm. we weren't going to do something where like Iron Man just like massacres a bunch of innocent <laughs> people, you know, like, like Modoc yeah. can, no problem. Right, yeah. But, um, you know, we, we, we were respectful while still being like, these have to be funny and be interpretations and, and work for the show we're doing. And, um, you know, I think we found it like, yeah, like it's a, it's a, super violent show and we get into modok sex life and we get into like all these things that like would not be in in a, a more family that's why we're on hulu right like that's why we're not on disney plus in in the u.s outside the u.s we're on disney plus star which is like a combo thing but um uh you know they were like we were we want something that feels like archer or rick and morty or you know and they're like mm. and so to do that like we're not going to hold you back at all Nice. That's nice. awesome. Is is Patton like was he the first choice for Modoc 
or was he is he like comes with the show like how did that work yeah he, he had it in his contract from agents of shield that if modok ever comes up <laughs> he has it. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he um he and i had worked together previously on a pilot and had kind of remained friends we go you know the comic store every wednesday and about nice. see him there and that dude has great recommendations too. He's turned me on to a lot of good books that I never would have found. That's um, sick. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, he's, if I may interrupt for one second. Which comic book store do you go to? Golden Apple. Oh, okay. Yeah. On Melrose. I go to Pulp Fiction on Sepulveda. Love Pulp Fiction. I just that went there. That place is awesome. Nice. I was Fantastic there store. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> like the best trade selection I've ever oh seen. Oh my God. Yeah. No. Good back stuff. issues. Um, love that place. That one's really close to my home. I have, I have like, I don't know. You guys have this like, I get into relationships with like, I almost treat my comic store relationships like almost more seriously than like some of the <laughs> like dating relationships. I have. Like, <laughs> even like when they become inconvenient, you're like, oh, I can't, yes. can't turn my yeah. back on them. <laughs> like, like, like I remember my, in college, I was still having my book shipped from New York. I went to school in Ohio because I didn't have the heart to like break up with them, even though I was like secretly on the side going in to the, um, local comic store and like starting to buy stuff there and i felt like i was cheating on them <laughs> and, and i was just doubling the amount of comics i was buying and like going broke and then like i had the same thing when i moved up to la i was having my ohio one then ship there like i'd switched <laughs> over um and it's it, similar with golden apple who's been uh, is is such a good store but i used to live in hollywood so i've been going there for years and i work you know usually in that in that area so it wasn't that inconvenient to head over there except during the pandemic where i'm driving like a half hour to go get uh yeah. get my comics but you know i'm loyal and they they were we did a signing with them they're gonna do a whole big modoc thing so i have a good uh, relationship with them but at the same time i'm always like what's this one on sepulveda over here yeah. you know <laughs> let me dig around here and then i just yeah. end up buying stuff everywhere and all my money goes to comics but um <laughs> but anyway sorry so Patton uh and i uh you know go there Patton's like the real deal you know like up on everything with his uh, comics continuity and all that. And, you know, I had come with just kind of the basics of this, this idea and went to him and I was like, you want to do this with me? And, and then we just built the show together, you know, always with the intention that he was going to play Modoc. It's like so perfect. You yeah, know? So perfect. <laughs> he said, he's like, it's the role I was unfortunately born to play. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like there was art of him as Modoc for years before this ever got announced like before <laughs> like we even fan went into art the or actual fan like, art. conceptual art oh nice. yeah no people fans just were like you're modok and he's like Great. <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> and we brought his face as modok so he showed me and he's like i already have art of me we can take this into the pitch you know <laughs> so i thought that was really really fun and, and yeah and it was great because he was in the room and you know, you'd be like, oh, I don't know, is this line going to work? And then he would just say it as Modoc. But yeah, okay, Modoc's right here. And that, that made us all laugh. That's perfect. <laughs> you know? It's really easy to write with Modoc in the room. Nice. That's awesome. So even um, John Hamm, I thought that was that was a great, like, I would love to see him as a live action Iron Man. You know, the cast could work. It seems like it could work equally as live action if you had to do the same thing. Yeah, it, it's funny how that works out that way. Yeah, with, with, with John Hamm, we were... Like, okay, you know, they just killed Robert Downey Jr. You can't get him. Um, you know, uh, who do we do? And we were like talking, we're like, who who would like people fan cast? Like, wouldn't that be really funny if we did that? You know, and we were Pat was like, should we go after Tom Cruise? I was like, all right, let's be a little real <laughs> realistic. He, he was supposed to play him right in the in the nineties. Yeah. He was cast mm -hmm. as Tony Stark in the nineties. Oh man. And they were developing it and it just never happened. 
And then I was like, oh, you know, everyone's like speculating, like, you know, John Hamm could be, if they rebooted, it would be John Hamm or something like that. And like, I think John Hamm's one of the funniest dudes ever. Like, I love him in Bridesmaids. Like, I feel like he's just as good of a comedic actor as he's a dramatic actor. Also, Ooh, weirdly yeah. enough, like, Mad Men was the most referenced show in our writer's room. Like, it wasn't a comedy. <laughs> we were just always talking about Mad Men the whole time. I don't know why. And actually, there's you'll see there's stuff, like, worked in for Mad Men, which is funny. Uh, uh, in, like, the same episodes that John Hamm's in. But, um, nice. but we were just huge fans of him and Patton's friends with him. And, and he was totally down. Uh, and he's perfect because you're like, oh, yeah, John Hamm's Tony Stark. That makes so much sense. And yeah. he kind of brought his own energy to it and kind of played him a little more of like he's just kind of over it with Modoc And Modoc's like, it's a very one sided relationship where I was like, we're arch nemesis, right? And he's like, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, like, uh, don't drag me down with you. So it, it, he was so funny and he just wanted to, um, you know, he, he was in the booth. He just wanted to play and have fun and, and, he was a blast to work with and he's so good in the show. So I think we, we end up with the perfect person for Iron Man. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited to check this out. Are there going to be any, like, cause now that you're saying it's like stop motion puppetry and I'm just trying to picture like these almost like cinematic fight scenes. Can we expect some like hilarious puppetry, just like big battles? Oh yeah. If you look at, uh, if you look it up after this, um, we released this mad scientist fight between, uh, Modoc and this other AIM scientist, Supreme Monica Rappuccini, who's kind of his rival at work, and it's it's them going nuts, like using every possible. Like she's, um, you know, uh, turning him into a monkey. He's like de-evolving, and he's shooting her. And she's turning into a baby, and so she's like pile driving a monkey. Like ice, ice guns and she throws a, a 2D bomb at him, and he turns into a pixelated version, and he pulls her into it. We do like a whole Street Fighter fight that they do as like like we went all out um and and that that's a a fun clip uh that'll kind of give you a sense of of what we're going for when we when they when they do battle they battle hard nice i love that uh scene in the uh in in one of the head games issues no then the first issue uh Mm -hmm. where you see moda come out like with all the weapons he's dressed as ant-man yeah i think he has like a spider Spider spider-man like gauntlet thing it's awesome yeah, that was kind of inspired by this fight. Is like, let's do the the, the comic book version of that because I love him and Monica fighting each other. Mm. So we all the ideas that we didn't use in the show, we did in the in the comic where she's like Hulk. She shoots herself with a banner boost and she gets the big Hulk arm. Yeah, and punches right. him through like multiple floors. <laughs> and, and yeah, he's he's using like the claws, you know, sonar thing against her. It was, it was really fun. Like we were, we told Scott we're like load him up with everything that you can think of. So he's like Wolverine <laughs> claws and, <laughs> and just seeing a giant head like armed to the teeth with Marvel Universe tech was really funny to us. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. So you wrote for film first before you started writing for comic books? Um, well, yeah, I was a, I tried to kind of do feature stuff and, and that's kind of how I, I broke in. But you want to say for like nothing went. And then um, I started writing on American Dad is, is kind of where I cut my teeth and that's an amazing place to work. And then after that, I went and did a season of community uh, for NBC nice. and then went back to American dad un- until Modoc. So for community, were you the, um, was like the meow meow beans episode? Is that, does that come from your mind or was that, were you just like a, a writer on the team at the time? Yeah, it was. Um, I think like the idea for the episode was Dan's idea. And then we would kind of go off and, and, 
break the story with a few other writers and he'd kind of come and give input. And then, you know, he rewrites a lot. So he kind of took our script and, and put his, his spin on it, but it's like, he's a genius. They're like, this is awesome. And then it was just so fun to like be on set for that and get to work with those actors. And, uh, it was, it was a really talented, uh, casting and crew to get to work with. And, uh, it was a blast. It was, I, I'm glad I did it though earlier in my career because those hours were killer. Uh, but <laughs> sleeping at Paramount under my desk for like weeks. Uh, but <laughs> it was just kind of that's the energy of the show, and you're you know you work all night and you run to set, and it's it's fun. It was it was a blast. Nice. It didn't really click with me until, but like I've watched the trailers and I had seen the uh, fight you were talking about and the, but you mentioned sitcom earlier, and I feel like like once you said that like a light bulb just went off and you can almost see in like the color scheme and kind of like the pastels and stuff like that it does have like a very sitcom-y vibe which um i don't know it's just uh super interesting to see a villain like modok go that route yeah we wanted to kind of just give you the shape almost of a sitcom and then we wanted to blow it up and subvert it because you know there's enough simpsons and family guys and you know american guys all this stuff. like they're all great shows we didn't want to just repeat it. So we were kind of talking a lot about like, you know, what are the things that we'd want to do differently, you know, especially because TV's changed since those were created. So like one thing, even with Modoc's wife, Jody, like you always see the sitcom mom and she's like, oh, Peter, whoever, you know, like you idiot, I forgive you. And you're like, no woman would ever tolerate that bullshit like, yeah, any, of these, any of these morons so you know in our pilot it's that kind of setup but the wife's like yeah we're done like uh you need to, you need to move out like i'm tired of your fucking nonsense like you're a terrible husband uh so modok moves out of his house in the in the second episode he moves into like uh, this super shitty studio apartment in like the <laughs> town with his his robot. Uh, so right away he's like, it's like a divorced dad's story, you know. It's not a like, oh, you kids, I forgive you, you know, kind of thing. And the other thing is that uh, a lot of those those Fox shows, you know, they they were made to be on networks where you have one a week and you kind of re- and they were meant to go into syndication, so you you know, you, you kind of tell your story and you wrap it up at the end. Right. And then it's like a reset, uh, at the next episode. And we didn't want to do that. Cause like we all watch very heavily serialized television and we wanted our characters to like change. We didn't want them to stay the same, you know, so the characters grow and, and they have arcs over the season. And it's a lot of kind of setting up, paying off. We have a big bat. Like we wanted to feel like a Marvel show. Right. Oh, Where you nice. have like a big bad of the season and there's this big growing thread and Modoc's got to fight that. And and he's got to be a different person by the end of the season. Like he's not going to just always be who he was when we started this. So that was kind of a fun thing is that we kind of wanted to make you think you're going to you're in for a normal sitcom and then blow it up completely and tell something that feels a little more real. Like people are messy. They don't forgive you. You don't like fix the problems with your dad in, you know, over a hug and a lesson learned. You're like. I fucking hate my dad and it's going to be a long journey before <laughs> I ever forgive him. You know? So that's kind of what we wanted to do with the show. So I think, you know, people will be surprised at, at some of the twists and, and turns that it takes. And also that like, it, it's, it is, you know, like you guys, like there's a, it's a ton of jokes. It's super funny. It's super fucked up, but it also has like a lot of heart, I think to it. Like there's some real moments in it that I'm, I'm really, I'm as excited about as the, the comedy and the jokes, like it's super absurd and insane. 
I mean, look who it's about. But at the same time, we want to make you care about these characters. Uh, so right. that you're not just like, because to me, then it just gets boring. If it's like, joke, 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 reset, you know, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that's a fun thing. And they've done that, you know, really well on things like Harley Quinn and uh, BoJack. And, you know, I think a lot oh, yeah. of, of more Bojack. recent shows. Yeah. I just like the idea that Modoc, this mass murdering supervillain, even has a wife and for her to like, <laughs> uh, like that she obviously put up with a whole lot of this shit to say, oh, I'm done with your, which she called nonsense. And it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, destroying the world is just nonsense to this woman. What does that say about her? Honestly? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like a really fun thing is because you only see her a little bit in the pilot and then it kind of ends with her being like, you know, I want a divorce. So then you're like, how does this relationship work? <laughs> like, why would anyone marry him? And we love that. Like, that you're asking that. So the whole second episode is him being, like, moving his stuff out. And he's trying to plot as a supervillain. Like, how do I win my wife back? Uh, you know, so like, oh, I know, you know, there was, I just need to remind her of this time when we were, like, really, you know, close and in love. And we met in college. So we had missed this concert, the Third Eye Blind concert. So I'm going to steal his time machine from shield and we're going to go back in time and we'll go to this concert and it'll remind her it'll bring up these old feelings and and then it, it's a whole disaster and they get trapped in the past but then you get to see them see like watch their own lives their younger selves and you see like them falling in love and having a family and suddenly you're like oh my god i think i think i get why these people love each other because if that doesn't work you're like what am i watching you know so <laughs> i love that challenge of throwing an insane idea at you like yeah, this very normal, seemingly normal woman is in love with this super villain, but then you have <laughs> yeah. to earn it, you know? And I think there's like, it's a really fun story that kind of shows shows you that. And, you know, she's kind of a little morally and ethically loose as well, where she's yeah. like, you know, like, uh, I fell in love with you because you were so driven because you want to change the world by conquering <laughs> it. And like, you know, <laughs> and she she actually has kind of a villainous turn in the season because their careers are at different places. Like he runs aim into the ground. He has to sell it. You know, his, his career is like tanking, you know, <laughs> he's even getting demoted at his own company down to like the mail room. And she's this like mom blogger, uh, and her stuff. She's like a book <laughs> that comes out and like, she's skyrocketing in fame and she gets like really kind of, um, seduced by it and starts dating wonder man, the Avenger. Cause he's like a famous <laughs> actor. Oh, nice. Wonder so, man's in the show. Nice. Yeah. So, and it's like Monarch's biggest nightmare is like dating <laughs> fucking Avenger and wonder man. Like you couldn't even uh, date like a better one. <laughs> like uh, wonder who's sucks. playing wonder man. Uh, Nathan Fillion is playing. Yeah, him. Nice. Nice. That's and awesome. he was supposed to play him or played him kind of in Guardians of the Galaxy, like as a background gag or a cutscene or something. So we just stole James Gunn, James Gunn's casting. <laughs> and and nice. and uh, I got his blessing. He said it was okay. And, nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, and Nathan is so funny. He's so perfect as Wonder Man. Like it, you couldn't have gotten anyone else, you know? <laughs> so since being like a, it's a Marvel product, can we expect like, or I don't even, this actually probably sounds spoilery. I'm just so hyped. <laughs> are there going to be like classic Marvel post credit scenes? Um, they, we did, we kind of had written them as that. And then we ended up just putting them at the very end, you know, so we don't have that. Also, it's, it's, there's not much to tease when you just like hit next. And then you That's go to the show. Oh, yeah. You know, binge it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, so the entire season drops at once. It's not like a weekly thing. Gotcha. Right. All to, except internationally, it's weekly uh, for reasons I'll never understand. But um, <laughs> here in the U.S., it is it is all at once. Nice. Oh, wow. Do you think there's any characters like that would 
just work better comedically like Modoc. Like, I feel like as soon as someone started to like make him a little humorous, that like made him more popular and just made him a more relatable guy. But is, are there any other characters you think, Oh, if we just made him funny, that character would make more sense. And yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a whole group and we use them in the show where like, I've always loved, um, the dudes who are like the blue collar working class villains, you know, like the rhino or, you know, yeah. like, Ooh, like yeah. they're not going to like take over the world. They have no interest in that. They're just like, just want to knock over a jewelry store and then like go get a cold beer after. You know? <laughs> and I love those dudes. Cause a lot of them are like weird, like animal people, you know, theme <laughs> people in like really big loud costumes. And like, <laughs> you can try and make them grim and gritty, but, it's a lot of Spider-Man villains too, like, right. like yeah, his yeah, rogues oh, gallery, sure. right? Or those those guys. And there's a place in the Marvel Universe called the Bar with No Name, which is a supervillain bar, and it pops up all over. I think it was even in the Spider-Man game. And uh, I've always loved it because it's like you know sawdust on the ground, you know, jukebox kind of bar where where it's like everyone in these silly costumes sitting around like talking about their war wounds and like how much of a piece of shit spider-man is yeah. you know, like, <laughs> so, so i i love those guys so we did a whole episode where um modok it's like his first weekend without the kids so he's at his shitty apartment and he's like you know frustrated he's like i gotta go do something i should hang out with people like me like like real big big villains so he tries to go to this this lounge for like super villains that's like high end that's like the leader and mr sinister like those guys are there <laughs> and they're like you know fuck off like you don't belong here <laughs> and and he's like come on you know let me in they're like all right you know steal captain america's shield and then we'll let you in uh, and they're just like giving uh, some task to like get rid of them <laughs> so the person the the, concert, or the the door person is like hey you know usually people who are humiliated go to the bar with no name you should go check that out so he goes there and he meets all these you know, characters like Angar the Screamer and Armadillo, you know, like, all this fun <laughs> animal. and you know, they're just these like, losers. And um, he gets this idea that he can use them as like cannon fodder to go steal Captain America's shield. So he'll, <laughs> he'll do it, he'll promise them a heist, but just end up using them as like human shields uh, <laughs> to break into Avengers Tower. And it's like a whole night out. It feels like super bad that episode, kind of like, <laughs> like, like, like everything goes wrong, you know, like they never even get to the heist because like one you know there was guy 10 pin who was exploding pins but he sold them to a pawn <laughs> shop so they gotta go there first <laughs> they gotta go deal with like uh, armadillos you know thinks that another super villain is sleeping with his wife so they have to go put out that fire and like but just getting more and more frustrated but he's starting to like see himself in these guys and it's just this fun episode where it's like it's you keep hearing about this heist, but it never happens. It's just like a story about Modoc making friends in his forties and like bonding <laughs> with his dudes. Uh, and like, and then like they even fall asleep on the way to Avengers Tower on the subway, and they end up at like Coney Island and, and mm. just watch the sunrise. Like that was, he's like, oh, I fucking blew it, and they're like, no, that was like a fun night, man. We got these things. So uh, I, I love those guys, and and like if I could write a spinoff, it would be be for you know just that bar and anyone who walks in you know because I, I think that world of like i put on my costume i go out you know i try and knock over the store spider-man shows up now i got back problems you know like <laughs> <laughs> fucking hanging there with webs for three hours waiting for the shit to dissolve so i can go home and, you know, yeah <laughs> I, I love that where it's just like it's just a job kind of villain you yeah know? the best part about <laughs> spider-man villains is like they hate him on a personal level, 
Because like, I mean, they could probably hear it in his voice, but like at the end of the day, like he's this teenager who's just an asshole while they're fighting. He's like, what's up, you fat fuck? And it's like the rhino. And then yeah. and when they're all like, ah, Spider-Man, it's just like a personal level of like hatred for this little shit smart ass kid. Yeah, he's like, like mocking them, making quips and like, yeah, like joking about their weight and stuff. It's like when I'm <laughs> Spider-Man, I get to be the Peter Parker I never was and stand up to yeah. the bullies and say yeah. the things I always want to do. And he's like <laughs> picking on these like grown men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Spider-Man hates boomers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a great take. Go pitch that to Marvel. I want to write an anti-boomer Spider-Man story. We just a prick. You see it from like the rhino's point of view. <laughs> we we had a spin-off idea, didn't you, Anthony? It was the rhino. Oh yeah, Rhino and Sandman, but I've never seen it, so Cody would have to bag me up on this. The movie Sideways. If the it movie was- Sideways. Oh, yeah. oh. Paul Giamatti and Thomas A. Church, but Rhino and yeah. Sandman. Yeah. No recasting exactly. needed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sandman falls in love. <laughs> Questions everything. Yeah, that's great. I'd watch the hell out of that. <laughs> oh, I was thinking Spidey hates boomers but then he like literally gave up his life and marriage for a boomer so maybe he's yeah. overcompensating with aunt may all the time oh she's pre-boomer she's like world that's War. true oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you uh what are you currently reading as far as comic books Ooh. go way too much um uh, <laughs> yeah. uh every x book but I have been forever, but it's so good nice. now. All the X-Men stuff is the best. I, I can't get enough of it. The entire line ever since like the powers of X house, the mm, house of X-Men nice. powers of 10. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, wow. Up. You're like really like, you're like a real comic book dude. Oh yeah. I'm, I, awesome. I'm reading about 12 comics a week. New stuff. I would say. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then let's see a Hulk. Uh, I'm loving uh, the Al Ewing Hulk stuff is incredible. Yeah. I think that's about to end in a, I think at issue 50, right? Is that yeah. Immortal Hulk or no? Yeah. Immortal Hulk is, is, is so Love good. that series. Yeah. Yeah. Really? And DC I've been reading. I like a lot of the new stuff they've kind of launched out of the future state stuff. Like, the yeah, same Teen, Teen Titans Academy, Suicide Squad. I've been liking. Yeah. Like Bat- Batman's a blast. Even, even Flash, I was kind of off of for a little bit, kind of brought me back to Flash. Mm. And then outside of that, so you have some indie books. Uh, Money Shot is like one of my favorite books. Have you Ooh, ever read that? I, I read like yeah. the first like four or five issues. It, that's a very interesting book. Oh, it's so good. It's so <laughs> funny. And it's such a great yeah. concept. It, just to give you a quick pitch of the concept. So it's set yeah. in a like very, very near future, very similar to the world we're in right now. We're like, the world just does not give a shit about science anymore. Like everyone just cares about their own <laughs> nonsense. And aliens show up this like, coalition of aliens are like we want you to join this intergalactic kind of group and we'll bring you in and we'll share resources and of course like the first person to greet them is the president of the united states who's like fuck that give it all to america <laughs> and, and they're like oh we have clearly made a mistake and like just fly away <laughs> and, and there's this young scientist who is like oh my god we just blew it like that was the greatest moment you know for mankind and we blew it and she is like a grad student who's working on this like interplanetary teleportation thing. And she gets it to finally work. And then, of course, her funding gets cut because, again, no one cares about science. You know, like <laughs> there's no value in it to the world. And she goes home and does the only thing she can 
which is masturbate, right? You, your dreams are crushed. So. <laughs> she, she's looking at porn and she's like, man, people are the weirdest shit. Like, this is like, people are like numb, you know, to think. <laughs> uh, and then she's like, oh, wait, I think I have an idea. So she comes up with this idea that, that she's going to live stream her adventures, like going from plant to planet, trying to kind of find, you know, resources and things that we could use, like sustainable, you know, energy. But to do, to pay for it, she is going to live stream herself and a group of other nerdy scientists having sex with aliens and each other. So they like put themselves in porn star school. So it's like it, porn it's, star school. Yeah. That's so they like they teach themselves to be porn stars, and it's just like really sex positive, like uh, female driven book. It sounds so insane. You're like. This this could go wrong, right? Like this could just be like Is it like the Xavier Academy for porn? (laughs) It sounds nuts. Pretty much. Yeah. It's like her being like, look, we're gonna go explore the universe and pay for it by fucking aliens and each other. And like because that's what the only thing people will put put money into. That's the only way we can practice science and do our what we've studied to do. And um and it's it sounds like OnlyFans saves the day, is what you're saying. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's like the characters are so good, and like the relationships, and and it really you know it's fun and insane, and and um you know kind of feels like Futurama or uh nice. you know those kinds of shows, and it never feels like like dirty in a gross way, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it always like serves the story or the comedy. Um, and it's just one of those things where like on paper, this shouldn't work, but this is brilliant and so well done. Um, so that one you guys should check out. It's, it's so funny. Second coming is another one. I, Oh, I love second coming. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, old Testament God decides that Jesus is, is weak after, after being (laughs) crucified and, and, and was like, you need to learn something from like a real man. So he sends him back to earth after, you know, thousands of years to um go learn from superman essentially like yeah. it's, it's a superhero who looks like oh, basically shit. superman and yeah. he moves in and it's like jesus and superman are roommates <laughs> and there's all these people kind of conspiring against them and and it's it's so funny because it's like it, it was going to be dc and they got nervous or so, i don't know what happened but it yeah moved publishers and it's it's like not it sounds blasphemous but it, it couldn't be like a better, like I'm, I'm Jewish. I, maybe I don't have the best point of view on this, but like, to me, this is like the best Jesus I've ever seen. Like, he's like a really good dude. You want to hang out with. And yeah, like, seriously. You know? And he's, and he's talking about how everyone's like ruined his, used his name for all these terrible things. And like, it's, it, to me, it's like the most, it's like the best like love letter to Christianity but you can see why people might uh, be upset about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you have you ever read? Um, it's not a comic, but Mark Russell also wrote uh, "God is Disappointed in You." Have you heard of that book? No, let me write that down. Yes. So he basically rewrites the Bible. What? But it's like really sarcastic and tr- and still trying to like get you whatever message I guess the Bible was trying to get at people. But yeah, it's the same writer, and I could see why. Like he's so suited to like right like a jesus like that because you're right like when you read second coming it's not like i mean i don't care but it's not a, i don't it doesn't seem offensive because like he's trying to literally learn how to be a good person i don't see how anyone like if they actually read it could misinterpret it as like something blasphemous i guess you know yeah. what i mean yeah it's one of those things where you read on paper i mean it's the same thing with money shot right and you're like this is insane 
this is absurd yeah. or this is offensive and then it's all about execution and if you do it right it becomes like high art like these two books are, are blowing my mind and and i think uh it, it would be i think a lot of people who claim to be christians it would be a, a good thing to actually read you know, <laughs> <Seriously>? yes, <laughs> rethink but uh not here to talk talk religion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk Modoc. Here to talk Modoc. Let's see what else. Oh, you know, Stray Dogs. Have you guys read that? No, damn no. man, you're, you're giving me a run for my money. I like to consider myself like an independent kind of sewer, but damn, it's a, it's an image book. It's only three issues, I think, so far, and it's drawn like it looks like a Disney animated cartoon. Oh yeah, interesting. And and it's written like that until you get to the twist so it's like all these dogs who live with this guy and it's a new one who gets brought in and it's like this is how things work around here you know it's, it feels like the first act of like let me show you the ropes kid you know <laughs> get the new dog in town. and and then she smells something of her previous master and you know how dogs have like short-term memory you know kind of thing yeah uh it reminds her that her master was murdered and they're at the home of a serial killer Oh. And and it's dogs realizing it's a Disney movie where the dogs realize that their master is a murderer, psychopath, and it becomes a horror book about how did they escape and and That's get nice. out of there. But it looks and is written like a Disney movie, and it's so brilliant. Like I wish I I came up with it. It's one of those things where you're like, "Fuck, that's a good idea." Yeah, damn it. Uh, have you ever read? We discussed it on the show. Black Sad. Have you heard of Black yeah. Sad? Yes, that's another one. Like very similar. Like done yeah. in that style but it's pure noir like yeah it, yeah it's so good i need to we love more. i only read one of them i heard there's like a whole bunch of yeah. there's three trades. all together i didn't find that out until like a few months before we were we recorded a black sad episode um <laughs> and uh so there's black sad which the original one is just the black book the middle one is like it takes place in new orleans and then the last one is black sad amarillo and it takes place in texas like in the southwest mm -hmm. Okay, great. So they just kind of change up the, the lo yeah, locale they for the him. Locale. Yeah. But man, like, yeah, like that dude's art, Juan Guard, what is it? Mm -hmm. Juan Joe Guardino. Yeah, his art is incredible. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, those are those are fantastic books. Oh, oh, one more indie one Maniac of Manhattan. Ooh, I read the first issue. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that one is, have you guys all seen like Jason Takes Manhattan? Yeah. It's not, it's not what you want it to be. 90% of it's on no. a boat. And he's just yeah. The same thing he always does. And then you get like 10 minutes of him just like punching people's heads off and stuff. Yeah, but like, it, 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 it's like, what if you took a serious approach to Jason Takes Manhattan? And it's about this like Jason kind of serial killer who like does these mass killings and no one can bring him down. And he keeps disappearing and popping up and it's become like just part of living in New York is like, no, hmm. oh, oh, we had another, there's a whole squad that's out to get him. We had another, you know, Jason murder, murder spree today. You might want to take the, the L trade instead, you know, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it, it, and it's about these cops who are like part of this task force trying to bring him down, but it's like done very seriously. And like, and I don't know. I, I thought it was cool. Though. 
Yeah, I mean, school. just like try to think about like if you're on like a train in the city and it just closed and like you're trapped in there with Jason, you're not getting off. It's like, you know, the next stop's like 10 minutes away. You're fucked. And, J- and Jason takes Manhattan, you know, it's kind of corny. But like you're saying in the comic, it's just like terrifying. Are we talking about Jason like the 40s? 40s yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh, he's so slow, man. I would <laughs> I would outrun him. If you were in the a subway car trapped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes New York, yeah, it's pretty busy. It's hard to get That's away from true. people. Yeah, it can get, yeah, it can get stuck in the tunnel. Yeah, slow foot It traffic. always gets stuck, yeah. <laughs> There's always train delays. When are there not train delays? You LA people. What about you guys? What are, what are you excited about these days? Oof, what did I pick up yesterday? I have so many. <laughs> I just rebought Long Halloween because I couldn't find my copy. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, I just, we all just bought Rick Remender's Scumbag. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I read a few of those. Really that was funny. hilarious. Yeah. I've been really into this publishing company called TKO that I that I personally just like came upon, and they're putting out some really good stuff. Yeah, I've had was that one, Sarah. Yeah, that was Sarah was a good one. Yeah, I just TKO just did a book called Sarah about Soviet uh, World War II, like a female sniper squadron. Oh, cool! That sounds awesome. And it was really Very cool, good, yeah. and the art is by the same artist. I forget their name, but she did um, Velvet. Did you read Velvet? Yes, uh, that was that, that was Brubaker, right? Or am I thinking of a different book? Oh shit! Did Brubaker draw Velvet? Maybe I'm thinking. Or of right, I mean, no. write it. Uh, he wrote right, it. Yeah, he, he wrote. wrote yeah, he wrote Velvet, and I this artist name uh, forgets. I forget it, but he yeah, she uh, he drew Velvet. It's a it's great. Velvet was cool too. Actually, I enjoyed Velvet a lot. I just book. uh this the first issue is only out, but it's called the Silver Coin. Yes, uh, I read that. That was really cool. I really like that. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like Ice Cream Manish, where each, or I guess it's more connected to the coin, where each issue is going to be like a different writer, a different um, you know, story yeah. involving it. Yeah, it's like that anthology horror. I I kind of really like that. Like I remember for a while, I'm like, I want a long form story, and now I kind of really love like if you can do a good one and done story you know yeah. one issue where you give me a whole complete story i get invested in the characters and you know it's, and you have this fun twist to it then then i'm in and and I, they've lined up some crazy talent for that book too yeah i think the next issue is kelly thompson she's great yeah i like um i think it just ended crossover that was kind of interesting by donnie cates that was just a, a i guess he has all these like independent books that he's worked on that i've never really read but he's like he like combined them into one thing that's pretty cool. It like made me search out more of his writing. Yeah, he got to use a whole bunch of like like image characters too. Yeah, uh, yep. Like uh, the uh, girl one. stuff like that. Yeah, I've been doing a lot more back issue reading too lately. I kind of uh, I I didn't grow up with like any comics community. I was like I had a few friends here and there who read, you know, but no one to really talked to about mm-hmm. it. So I finally found some people in my in my uh, late thirties <laughs> nice. uh, who are kind of. Other, uh, a lot of them kind of work in animation as well. And we are doing a, a Suicide Squad reread from like nice. the very first appearance in Legends all the way through like the John Ostrander stuff uh, to get That's ready sick. for the movie. Cause that movie I think is going to be, I have a feeling it will be one of my favorite superhero <laughs> movies. Like every, it looks great. Yeah. every frame looks perfect to me of what I want out of, out of that kind of stuff. Those little glimpses of Starro they gave us. I can't wait to just <sighs> see. <laughs> So excited for Star Wars. Who's the DC character you would like to write for? Blue Beetle, Booster Gold. 
Nice. Hell yeah. I would love to see Booster Gold done right, like whether it's animated or live action. He's a he's a perfect character. Like he is yeah. he is ready for it. He's <laughs> ready to go. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, to be be adapted and, and I think would work great in an animated show. And I yeah. love that friendship. That friendship's the best friendship in comics. Like uh <laughs> those dudes love each other. I think it's like I, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> the best um yeah. so i've been reading some of that too some of the the jli stuff i've been reading the justice league international oh i actually started reading the uh first like big book whatever they have like two complete sets i i got like halfway through i guess like 12 issues or something yeah so that's good stuff and i love that kevin mcguire art from the 80s mm-hmm. uh it's it's so expressive no one draws like facial reactions yeah. and acting like that that dude's a, a master at that I also love how like almost every issue like Guy Gardner does something and Batman completely like punks him out every single time. <laughs> I like everyone's terrified of Batman in that book. Well, that one yeah. punch. I mean, that one <laughs> punch is one of the greatest conflict moments of all time. Where yeah. Gardner's talking all that shit. And he's like, come on, let's go. Let's go. And then Batman just is like, decks him. And then <laughs> yeah. everyone just laughs their asses off and people are just walking over Guy. You know? <laughs> like, pointing at him and stuff. Like, it, like he hits him so hard he changes his personality or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brain damage. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's such a fun, fun run. Like, comedy is really hard to do in comics. Have you ever read The Goon? The Goon is great. Uh, the yeah. Goon is fantastic. My, my other favorite comedy book is The Superior Foes, which Obviously, touches on what I was talking about earlier. Uh Those those shitty D-list villains, you know, who are kind of bumbling idiots. And and, and the way that's drawn, you know, like like pacing comedy is really hard to do in in comics. And like figuring out how to kind of communicate. Because you you can't, you know, when you come, comedy is all about timing, you know, like we'll in the editing room, we'll like add a few more frames. Okay, now that joke worked. It's, It's a science that can't even be explained. Like why it is holding there or one more second of silence make that funnier when the person speaks like i it's just Mm. it's just something you kind of have to like uh, get an instinct for and you can't do that right in comics because everyone's going to read it at their own pace and speed so um but but i think steve libier who who does that book is so good at it where you'll have like those panels that repeat that kind of like create the, that pacing where someone's staring at someone and you just yeah. you use them a few times <laughs> then they speak like we we looked at that a ton when we were doing modok because you know modok head games isn't necessarily like an all comedy book but we wanted it to be funny you know at times because you know he's he can be such an absurd character so we were kind of trying to crib from that and we were like how do you get this joke to work you know huh. and we would, we would look back at superior foe nice did you have you read um superman's pal jimmy olsen the new yes. one that is same artist yeah yeah uh, he's so good that book was incredible i, gotta I love it that. yeah it was perfect uh i want more jimmy olsen jimmy olsen's so underrated that dude should have an ongoing <laughs> such a great character just like superman's best friend who gets into the most insane hijinks and weird nonsensical sci-fi stories <laughs> yeah and just keeps going you know? yeah like with never a sunny disposition <laughs> yeah it's just Wednesday for him when he's like <laughs> a giant turtle and, you know, putting a bottle city and whatever. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. I was telling these guys about that. I mean, it's so hard to explain because that comic is absolutely insane, but I recommend it to everyone. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. It's so absurd. And it just moves at like a rocket's pace. We like, it could jumping like all over, but by the end it kind of all comes together. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> 
It's fantastic. That's I mean, Matt Fraction is so good at that. Yeah, I love Matt Fraction. Nice. I feel bad because my question is not nearly as serious, but like, just because I'm picturing, I'm picturing Modoc and kids. Are we going to see a Modoc sex scene? How does that work? Uh, you will see the aftermath. Of a sex and and that, it was really funny is like, we, we wanted it to be this thing where you're like, you know, that, that thing where you pan over the floor and you see like the underwear and the, jeans you know you see like the the hover chair on its side Mm -hmm. and then you see him in bed and and getting that to make sense like what he looks like outside of his (laughs) hover chair like yeah it 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 was like the 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 people who build the puppets are fantastic at like doing that but that was the most like noted back and forth like the head's not big enough the body's too big shrink it and like it doesn't make sense like it would crush the puppet like bigger heads give us bigger heads like for this like like, like what does how what is his anatomy outside of that suit like yeah. what does he look like naked uh so that was like <laughs> the biggest back and forth was like trying to nail the proportions of a naked modoc we were like we were really coming at it like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. so serious like hmm i think actually his testicles would be this round then <laughs> <laughs> yeah should, it, should his testicles be huge like his head and yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah these were all serious discussions that were had yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at stupid buddy until so we, we landed on what we thought was the perfect naked but uh <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm thinking about it now like I, I never thought of it until just now like hector hammond from green lantern they're very similar i didn't realize yeah. like i just never thought of together. yeah but he never he just kind of walks around or he's just always laying there comatose i guess yeah, he's just kind of in a yeah. chair with his head like being <laughs> up, you know? uh, well, I remember, do you guys remember they did the um amalgam stuff like after they did DC versus Marvel, they did a thing where like, let's mush our universe together and make more money off of this crossover. Do you guys remember that from the 90s? Right? Like they oh seek this out. It is so weird. It's Marvel and DC publishing a whole bunch of number ones, just as like a imagine if we combined our universes. So like Dark Claw is Batman and Wolverine. And like Spider Boy is 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 Spider-Man and Superboy and, yeah. and oh I have that so, issue. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like JLX. That's so like the X-Men <laughs> and the Justice League. So they they did obviously they're like, okay, well, we'll do a Modoc Hector Hammond. I can't remember what the name was, but they just mushed the names together. Uh, uh, <laughs> so they are they are each other's counterpart for sure. <laughs> I didn't know Jack Kirby designed Modoc either until recently. I mean that yeah. original Modoc design is so like it's it's unsettling yeah it's (laughs) creepy yeah it's cool like uh we made sure that stanley and jack kirby's name were on all the scripts like those they created them and he was like fully formed you know like he was he was perfect uh it was like in the 60s i think he 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 came out uh and then you know he's popped up since then my my favorite um run with him is um referenced a lot is the mark grunewald captain america run which mark grunewald basically to what chris Claremont said he wrote captain america for like 10 years straight i think wow from like the 80s into the 90s and he did the whole thing of like you know uh modok aim turning on modok and being assassinated and and so we we read a lot of that stuff it's a it's a really underrated run um but you get all these u.s agent like all these characters who are being used right now you know nice battle star who was in it uh, uh, the power broker, all that stuff's from Grunwald's run. 
So oh, wow. like a ton of the Falcon Winter Soldier stuff from Greenwald, and we pulled a lot too for from our show. So that's kind of like a hidden gem that weirdly people don't talk about because it's not like flashy, but it's like good comics like mm. for ten years straight, and it has weird stuff like. Cap Wolf, where he turns into a werewolf. <laughs> Cap Wolf, yeah, like that's Grunewald. That's some fucking bonkers, uh, next level thinking that I can get behind. I like Cap Wolf. Yeah. I just like that name. Yeah. <laughs> so I was gonna say, is I know it's not connected to the MCU, but is like I I had originally heard like Hulu was doing like four separate shows that connect to something called The Offenders. Mm-hmm. Is that still a thing that's happening or? Um, the two of the shows got canceled and then, um, which, uh, and then hit monkey is still, uh, Hitmonkey, coming right. out and hit really cool. I've just got to see some of it. Oh, and, nice. uh, so yeah, they're not doing the offenders now, which is fine because none of us were really writing towards it. Like there wasn't like, oh, you okay. got to set this up. You got to yeah. do that. Like Marvel is really cool about being like, tell the story you want to tell. And then we'll figure nice. out, you know, it later. And then I was up to. Uh, for for running it so then it was like like we do some crazy shit at the end of the the modok like like it's insane the the finale so i was like oh i just wrote myself into a corner i'm gonna have to do the offenders if this ever happens how am i gonna get modok into that (laughs) where we leave him um but uh uh yeah you know uh kind of change behind the scenes and and um uh a few of those shows went away so that kind of uh the offenders went with it but um no hit monkey's really cool and and it was it was fun in that like we took uh kind of like a lego batman approach or or spider verse where like mm. like we were saying earlier like grant morrison thing like it all counts so we pull from everything so ours is more satirical like it we're not limited to like it has to make sense in the mcu like you know we pull from the video games but mostly the comics and you know there's mcu stuff like in it but it's it's that like we'll grab from here and there and, mm. and kind of make our own thing and and a really fun thing that came out of that was uh when i was at marvel in new york there is a person whose like job it is is to like keep track of the multiverse on a spreadsheet that's so, like, hilarious <laughs> yeah like wow. every like universe like you know 616 is, is the main one and there's like age of apocalypse or whatever you know like everyone has like a designated number or like yeah. the spider-man video game is its own number mm-hmm. um so i got to pick the number where i could pick my son's birthday uh oh, awesome. we're, we're 12 26 uh in the in the official multiverse nice. of of the marvel universe which was really nice. cool <laughs> that like it felt real nice. like we count yeah. you know we're, we're our own <laughs> yeah. world this is <laughs> canon yeah <laughs> canon bitch you can't take yeah. that. <laughs> so that was that was kind of a neat thing you know but who knows like look if dr strange wants to open a portal to us and the Multiverse right. of Madness. I'm not going to say no. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be so cool. <laughs> I have no idea. They don't tell me anything about any of the show so, or movies, so uh, I'm not giving you any spoilers. I'm <laughs> clueless uh, as you guys. Okay. <laughs> that's cool, what? though. You still get to experience it. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like even when I was consulting on the other shows like Dazzler and Tigra and Howard the Duck, and I was kind of like, Oh, this is gonna be a bummer. I don't know what's gonna happen. Like, I don't get to watch this as like a fan. You know, same thing with Hit Monkey. Like, I know the whole season. But I want, I want to just watch it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I want to see Howard the Duck. I read a few of his comics when Max did his run. And uh, have you ever read any of them? Yeah, the the, the Marvel Max ones. Yeah, the Marvel Max ones. Yeah, it's like pretty hardcore. They were like 
strippers, like big, I remember just big rat strippers with like nipples hanging out and Howard's mm-hmm. like this drunk man just going to like brothels and whatnot. It was insane. Yeah. I, well, people forget Howard the Duck was like one of the biggest Marvel characters of the 70s. Like it was like him, Spider-Man, Hulk, and like Conan were like the yeah. best sellers. <laughs> like, like Howard the Duck was like an A-list character. Like, like <laughs> huge, I'm, I'm not even joking. Like, huge character book was on fire and then george lucas decided he wants to make a movie about him oh god yeah. and then that marvel couldn't even publish them after that. like they couldn't wash that stink off of that movie until years later you know and i think guardians helped you know bring him back a little bit yeah. and then they did the series um trip to zadarsky i think did yeah. it recently it was yeah. great um but people forget like that was one of their like crown jewels of the seventies. He was outselling <laughs> Howard Duck's outselling X Men, maybe, uh, maybe not. X Men probably rising in popular in the seventies, <laughs> but he's probably you know outselling Iron Man mm-hmm. in the seventies. Like yeah, people that forget sense, that yeah. character was huge, and I think it's like a funny thing. But um, no, that show that show uh, was great, and and uh, I got to read the, the really funny script and. Dave Willis, who did Aqua Teen, was running it. So, like, I was nerding oh, out. I got to even be in a room. <laughs> with, you know, and he, it was so funny. Like, we were about to have a table read, and I don't think I knew who he was. I think I just met him, but I didn't put like two and two together that he's like, he's Aqua Teen guy. He's like, hey, if you, get, if you need anyone to do like some extra voices, I can, I can do it. And I was like, okay, buddy, I think we're good. You know? <laughs> and, then, and then i like i was like wait Dave, oh he's the fucking voice of meatwad like i just told the voice oh, of meatwad to be like yeah you can fuck off uh, and, like and, and dave and i are good friends now and, and i bring that up all the time to him like i can't believe i like didn't take you up on that you know uh, like i used to wear a meatwad shirt in college like i'm i'm, I'm like your biggest fan uh so that's been like a, a fun thing is getting to like meet guys like that and get to work with them and you know like just nerd out over you know stuff you grew up with. Awesome. What is nice. what's one of your all time favorite like comic books or comic runs? I love. Uh, well, I'm a big X Men guy, but I loved the Peter David like early '90s stuff where it was X Factor, where it was like mm. um, Multiple Man and Strong Guy and Havoc and Plars. It was like right around when Jim Lee X Men stuff was happening. It was called Mutant Genesis, right? Where they changed all the artists and writers on every book, and um, so it was Larry Stroman was doing the art, and Peter David was writing it, and it was definitely like the comedy book of the X Men, you know, world. It, um, it was really funny. And it was like their government agent, their government mutant team, you know, and, and they have to be celebrities and they don't know how to do it. And, and um, it, it took a lot of like D-list X-Men or B-list X-Men that I always thought had like potential. And then it's like, yes, these are actually amazing characters. Nice. So it made like Multiple Man one of my, my all-time favorites. Love and then Man, yeah. he's so good. But like, that's where he's, you know, uh. like without that he's he's nothing you know uh, <laughs> awesome. and, and, and so that run like kind of defined him and then i went back uh, when i was a kid the new mutants covers like the bill sinkevich ones just terrified me mm, like i avoided yeah. them i like i knew new mutants from like x-force but i didn't ever read the original series and then i went back and i read all of them and they were like oh this is my favorite run like these are this is i love this uh especially the bill sinkevich stuff the demon bear stuff mm. which the movie is based on but doesn't really do a good job <laughs> adapting uh <laughs> I would go back and read it. it's, it's like three issues but it's like 
his painting and his style is is like it's just next level like it's different than anything else you'll ever see and it, it i love those characters like cannonball and, and mirage are like two of my favorite characters so that's a run i i, I go back to a lot is just go re- read old uh new mutants i didn't know right now until you just pronounced his name i know who the artists are talking about i didn't know that's how it's pronounced though <laughs> No, one in knows. my head, I always <laughs> pronounce it Sienzawick. Yeah, it's like there's so many people because you're like, oh, I guess this is how it is. I'll just, this is how I'll just say it and learn it. And then it's like really hard to unlearn too. Like Fabian. Yeah, that's crazy. I've never heard it pronounced until right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Sienkiewicz. <laughs> uh, but then I've heard other people pronounce it. I think it is Sienkiewicz. I've heard it. I've heard that. And I met him, and that's what I said to him. So <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's a, a weird thing where you just keep reading people's names, but then you never hear it aloud. And then, it, yeah. like, especially when you read it as a kid, and you're like, okay, this is how this is. Yeah. I mean, I follow him, him on Instagram, and I still don't know how to pronounce yeah. it. I was like, oh, Bill C. Enzoic is what yeah. I told myself. Yeah. Weren't we talking about our Mark Miller recently? And I thought, like, I heard, heard someone pronounce it Malar. Malar, right? Is that the right way? I don't know. Malar? We don't know. We don't. I thought know. it was Miller. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I always read it as Miller, but then I've heard people say Malar, so I really never. I think know. it is Malar. Oh, sure. but who? What, what the fuck do I know? I, I <laughs> 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 well, that's awesome, man. Sorry, I had one more question. If you don't mind, I was going to ask what you were talking about before. Are you like a big hip hop fan by any chance? Uh, uh yes. Yes, I am. Because I, I had seen you had posted a picture of like your newest Modoc, but there was like a Biggie Smalls Modoc. I was like, holy Whoa. shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was an artist who I reached out. I saw he just put, put that up and I was like, are you selling these? And he's like, yeah, man, you know, how many do you want? And I was like, uh, three. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I bought them. I gave one to Stupid Buddy and I think I gave one to, to Marvel. Uh, but I was like, this fucking, this is like, mixing my two favorite things <laughs> you know like this is all going on display prominently in my house uh, so, uh yeah uh, especially 90s hip-hop so uh nice. yeah nice. it was yeah. it was like tailor-made for me i was so pumped to get it <laughs> that's nice. sick well shit yeah thank you so much for coming on man yeah really seriously cool. thank you yeah this was been a yeah. blast this Very was cool. this was so fun thank you for making me dig out my vape pen and now <laughs> i'll have some more dad time to myself before i have to go hang out with my kids <laughs> <laughs> really looking forward to uh modoc which comes out tomorrow it's, it'll be on hulu yeah. every episode <laughs> i'm gonna be binging it i hope you guys are too and also read read pick up modoc head games you could go to your local shop and pick it up there's not a trade out yet but it'll the trade comes out in early july and oh the nice first two issues are up on marvel limited maybe the third one will be by the time this this airs but oh, you nice. can start reading it there too okay. um if you're looking for it nice well shit thank you so much for coming on jordan bloom really appreciate it thank you guys thank this was a blast you. yeah, yeah we'd love to have you yeah. on again yeah. absolutely Hi, you're listening to Comics and Chronic, and I'm Jacob H. I'm Cody Cannon. And I'm Anthony Iannaccio. And you can tune in every Thursday to hear new episodes of Comics and Chronic. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Comics and Chronic. That's Comics, the letter N, Chronic. We'll see you guys next week. Woo! Peace. Peace.